Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. And welcome to another exciting installment of In Soccer We Trust. This is the recap of Mexico versus the United States in World Cup qualifying. I'm one of your favorite former U.S. men's national team players, Jimmy Conrad. I'm alongside, usually I call him Hollywood Heath Pierce. He looks like a hostage right now. Hostage <laughs> Heath Pierce. Good to see you, Heath. Now, I just have to state for the record, 0-0 was the end result. And I actually feel pretty good about it. Give me your quick summary of how you're feeling, and then we'll really dive into the recap with 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 teeth. We'll get into the meat of all of this, but give me give me uh, how you're feeling, and, and where were you, by the way? Because it seemed like yeah. you're having fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm here in LA, as we talked about. We had the uh, Paramount Plus watch parties in LA, Kansas City, New York, and uh, I was at the LA one, and it was popping off. We had both uh, Mexico fans, U.S. fans. We had two floors. It was a really good. Sweet time which is why if i look like a hostage because <laughs> oh no did we lose heath pierce look at him if you guys are watching this on the youtubes heath pierce that might be the best photo i've ever seen of him and if you're just listening to this on audio oh he's back no there he is heath we got Whoa. you you there yeah i just saw the thing spinning out sorry about that i don't know what that was either um he's but back. yeah can you hear me yeah I'm i can back. hear you so um, you, you told us yeah. about all your great floors and how you're having this amazing party making us feel like we're missing out but keep going yeah and now i'm just tired you know and uh, <laughs> hope that hope that the us would have would have would have won that one but a point is always what you want when you go to aztec take the context of what three points would have meant and how much closer that meant to a world cup i think we're still well on the way jimmy i don't know what your initial thoughts are yeah, I mean, we still obviously have some work to do. We're going to get into that really quick. But before we do, I just want to say if you're new here, welcome to In Soccer We Trust. We're delighted to have you. Now, if you've been here before, you know the drill. We want to make sure that if you're watching on YouTube, hit like and subscribe. If you're listening to the podcast in audio form, make sure that you hit subscribe and leave us a glowing review about how much you love this podcast so we can keep it coming for everybody. So again, turn on your notification bells, whatever you have to do to make sure you do not miss an episode that would go a long way towards helping us grow. Also, for those of you listening to the audio, please make sure to follow in soccer. We trust on whatever podcast you like to get it. And then make sure you hit us up on Twitter, ISWT pod. So you don't miss anything there as well. We're everywhere, baby. We want to make sure that you're everywhere with us. Also, before we get into the recap, we have a winner to announce. So to catch up everybody that don't know, on Monday's preview show, we gave viewers the chance to win a $100 Paramount Plus subscription. Now, there can only be one lucky winner, and that person is, and I've got my drum right here, it's Rodi Villacorta. So congratulations, Rodi. Producer Des has already contacted you with the details on how to redeem your prize, so enjoy one of the biggest catalogs on live and on-demand content known to mankind. We got World Cup qualifiers, Champions League, Serie A, NWSL, NFL movies, whole bunch of series. You know the deal. I mean, it's it's worth what you're getting in that $100 gift card. So make sure you do it. Also, we have the new Halo series. That's a big, big, big deal. And then, and then for those who didn't win, don't worry. We're going to be doing this again. So let's talk about what's happening tonight. We're going to give away another card, but we got to get to 500 likes wow. on the YouTubes, everybody. And if you're listening to this in podcast form, make sure you join us for all of our live recaps on the YouTubes and come over and migrate over here so that you can be part of having a chance to win a $100 gift card. So we got to get to 500 likes mm -hmm. to make that happen. One other important thing, Heath Pierce, people, you got to leave your ats. 
So at your Instagram handle, your Twitter handle, make sure you put that in the chat so we know who to offer it up to. So producer does, or producer Alex knows who to pick, okay? And then we're going to announce the winner uh, as we do at some point in uh, another podcast, which I think will be tomorrow for our preview, USA versus Panama. So make sure you, again, you drop your handles in the chat so that we know. We got to get to 500 likes, though. So go tell your friends to make it happen. Hey, Jimmy, can I just say something real quick to our audience because they've been waiting patiently. I apologize for us starting late because, uh, again, we had this watch party here. It was crazy. We had to get people out of the space. I had to be able to dial in. I had to figure it all out. And it's not a lot of little things, you know. You would think that it's just like, you know, getting onto your camera. But I got the 4K camera. I got some decent lighting right now. I got a crazy, (laughs) crazy curtain in the background. So I apologize for being late, but I promise you it's going to be a fun conversation. We appreciate all of you waiting around. I just wanted to point that out. And now go like the video so we can get start giving yes. away stuff. I like giving away stuff. I like being, We do. We uh, want Paramount, to give away stuff. Paramount Plus Claws. We, we, claws. Yes, yes. Yeah. We want to take care of the people that are taking care of us. Mm-hmm. So just hit 500 likes. That's what we have to do. We should be able to get that tonight. And then make sure you drop your handles in the chat so we, we know who to potentially put your name in the raffle is what we have to do. All right, so let's talk about this game. Zero, zero. Zach says, right from the top, honestly a bit devastated that the U.S. men's national team didn't get a historic three points tonight. It was 100% there. Someone's got to put away those two clear-cut chances. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to say on the heels of what Zach just said. We had a game plan, and I thought we stuck to it. I thought that we were proactive. I was a little bit fearful because not only the U.S., but other teams, anytime you travel to Azteca, you know you're in for a battle. It's going to be a grind for a lot of different reasons. And it's natural when you're a team, when, when another team has possession, to just sit back and absorb. We didn't do that tonight. I thought we played a really good, smart, high line. Not too high, but not too deep either. I thought we were in a really good spot. So shout out to our center backs for maintaining that good line and making sure the space in between the lines was good. That was important. Another thing that I noticed in the first half, we started to tail off a little bit in the second half. I want your thoughts on this too, Heath. But what I liked in the first half was we never allowed Mexico to establish their flow. They never got into a rhythm. The game was really choppy. And the longer I watched the first half, I'm like, I love that it might not look great for us, but we're not down there to, to, to necessarily get into a rhythm and get into a flow. We just don't want Mexico to establish theirs. And not only that, I thought we were better in transition. And it helped because when we were higher up the field due to our good high line, we won the ball higher up, and that led to Christian Pulisic's good chance. When we get into a good spot, Pepe drops in the midfield. Timo Wade did an excellent job of getting in advance of the ball, and then Pulisic has got to score there. He's got to score there. There's no other Absolutely. thing about it. But if you would have told Greg Berhalter – or if you would have told us, hey, listen, you could go down to Azteca, you're going to get a clean sheet, and you're going to get two amazing chances to win the game, would you take it? You say, absolutely, I'll take that. And, and that's what we did, and we only ended up with a draw. But I think at the end of the day, we executed our game plan as close to perfect as we could for the most part. I mm-hmm. thought the subs were really good by Greg, too. I thought he pushed all the right buttons. And, uh, you know, we're going to be missing a few players that we can talk about a little bit later. But those are my my initial thoughts. We never allowed Mexico to establish a rhythm. Thankfully, mm-hmm. Chucky Lozano wasn't, didn't have his shooting boots on today. But, uh, we, well, we didn't either. So I guess it all balanced out. But that's kind of what I was what I really liked about the team was that we didn't sit back. We weren't too reactive. And anytime yeah. we gave up some chances, it felt like we gave up chances that we caused by ourselves, like a bad touch or a casual pass or whatever it may be. Do you? I mean, do you feel at all, though, that, like, maybe we should be – I don't know, looking at this through a different lens of should we be expecting more against this Mexico team? I understand that we did a good job of not allowing them to establish a rhythm and things like that, but is this a Mexico team that can establish a rhythm? I just haven't really seen, like, I almost have this picture of Mexico in my mind from a different period because if you go back to just after Nations League, they really haven't been that rhythmic of a team mm-hmm. for long periods, right? In the same way that we talked about the U.S. The U.S. haven't really dominated many games in this World Cup qualifying campaign. Not to say that we right. ever did, but at least at home games we did. Um, and in many cases, controlled the flow from start to finish. You go back to that Jamaica game, pretty convincing. Second half against Honduras away, pretty convincing. But this Mexico side haven't really been convincing for long periods. And I wonder, you know, while I while I like the idea, I'll take a draw if you gave it to me before the game started. Mm-hmm. While I like the, the way in which the team approached it tactically, I still wonder if maybe there was – three points out there. When I look at those two clear-cut chances uh, with, with P-Fox, and again, P-Fox, one of those ones where I've, like, I've just oh. been wanting him to have these chances, oh, similar man. similar to to Ricardo Pepe, where you just go, man, I, 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 
you know, I want them to do well. And when they get their opportunity, they don't finish those chances. You go, man, it's coming back to haunt all of us. Now Greg gets justified in the fact that he hasn't brought him in, or maybe he's not a clutch goal scorer uh, in these big moments like that. But go back to Christian Pulisic. He should have been able to finish that as well. Yeah. We had two very clear chances to be able to put them away. Granted, Mexico had some half chances here and there, and they had some angles that they could have created something, right. rebounds, opportunities from that they didn't capitalize on as well. But overall, if you go into this today and you don't look at all the other circumstances, a point still keeps us in position. Again, we're going to talk about Costa Rica and those types of things that how that actually starts to play out with everything because things are still complicated. But I, you know, a point, I'll take it, man. Away from home. But but again, yeah. You know, the last part I'd say to that, Jimmy, is you know, it wasn't a noon kickoff. It wasn't in the middle of summer. It wasn't a full capacity. We had a number of factors, including the fact that Mexico aren't the same Mexico that we've seen in the past, that I feel like maybe, maybe this would have been the, the time to get three points. Obviously, it didn't happen, but we did have a couple of chances that you could have at least gotten a, a goal lead and try to keep that at some point. Yeah, well, what I'll say about your, your initial thought on this Mexico team and are they good or are they like previous iterations of Mexico that would control more of the game? That's a good point. When you look at their front three, though, you got Raul Jimenez, yeah. who, when he's on his day, plays well for not only his country, but for his club. You have Chuka Lozano, who I thought was actually quite dangerous tonight and, and was busy and touched the ball a lot and mm -hmm. did take a lot of shots. Yeah, much more Napoli-like in the way that he's sort of just I, I agree. all over the place. In the way that I we agree. originally knew him as. Yeah, I thought he was very good and bright tonight, just couldn't hit the back of the net. Mm -hmm. And then you have Tecatito, who has been playing for Sevilla. I mean, he's playing for big clubs. Porto, Sevilla. I mean, he's he's... He's a good player. And maybe it was because they went with a little bit more of a defense-minded midfield. Mm -hmm. Very similar to us. We went with Acosta and Adams. But they went with Herrera and, and Alvarez. And those guys usually sit. And they do the dirty work. And they're hard to play against. And they break up passing lanes. If you don't establish a rhythm or don't allow you to establish a rhythm. And maybe they lacked a little bit more of that connective tissue, as you like to say, with a Guardado. Now, Guardado, I think, is a little bit older and longer in the tooth and probably... They should be moving past Guardado a little bit, but maybe they missed that that little bit of a link-up player to help them transition. But it seemed like the chess that was being played by Tata Martino and Greg Berhalter somewhat canceled each other out. Now, Dan Kane, what's up, Dan Kane? Longtime follower since oh, yeah. we started this. Uh, he says, what was the game plan exactly? For me, the part of the game plan was to make sure we didn't sit back and absorb, make sure our yeah. line was nice and high. We did that, and I thought we did that pretty consistently. I thought that we Jimmy, how about you start with a little bit of different between a game plan and like the tactical approach to a game plan. So like, yeah, you know, sure. I think I think I think for Dan, it could be good to talk about the difference between, you know, not sitting back and allowing them, but also, you know, the the patience or the discipline that comes with some of those things as well that kind of sound contradictory, but they're not. And I would love for you to just sort of, you know, again, kind of talk about it's, it's like the idea of like uh, formation versus uh, system of play. Sure. No, no, it, it's well, yeah, you're right. What I'll say when I when I say that we don't want to I, I don't want us to sit on the top of the box and because ultimately you concede a lot of space mm -hmm. and you concede a lot of real estate and when you have or you give another team a lot of space especially a team that likes to, to possess the ball you allow them to control the rhythm of the game mm -hmm. and for me if I'm Greg Berhalter we don't want a, a there's two reasons why you don't want Mexico to establish that one because they're good at it. And because they have players that are kind of grown up in that system and, and have that DNA and that's the way they want to play. And if you can not, if you make them uncomfortable, that's fantastic. The second thing is if you're playing at Azteca, you do not want the crowd to start giving you the ole, ole. You just don't want, you want to kill the crowd and get them out of it as soon as possible. And, and even though it was at half capacity or less than that, that's part of the game plan. It might not be a very pleasing game plan to you or whatever it may be and it's just that's part of it. And I'm, now I'm speaking from a defensive perspective. Another thing is the spacing between the lines. You can't have if you press a high line, you just it doesn't mean you can have your midfield collapsed on top of you. That's not going to solve any problems either. So that that space between the lines has got to be 10 or 15 yards. And I thought we did that pretty well. I mean, these are the little things that I'm looking at. Also, yeah. how, how are we pressing the ball? Where are we pressing the ball? And we were higher up the field. And I really appreciated it. But you, I thought I thought the starting lineup was going for it. Right. We put out our best team. Yeah, and, and you didn't like the you didn't you you liked you liked the Ricardo Pepe. You think that's the best team at the moment? Well, that's what I wanted to get into. I, I thought it was pretty bold to bring in Ricardo Pepe, but I wanted a player that looked to combine more than Jordan Pifok. Pifok was yeah. the default choice because of his form, but I actually thought Jesus Ferreira was going to start because he was just in a little bit better form in terms of scoring coming off a hat. Yeah, and you don't know what you're talking about, Jimmy. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but but with Ricardo Pepe, I could see why he was brought in, and I thought for yeah. 60 minutes. Okay, he he. If you would have given him that PFOC chance, I think he scores. But but I don't know. Maybe his confidence isn't high enough to take it. 
But but I would say that that when he dropped in to to play that ball off the team of team away and ultimately set up Christian Pulisic, that's exactly where Pepe's at his best. And that's mm-hmm. where something I don't know if P Falk has that consistently in his game. Can he do it on the odd occasion? Of course. But 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 Pepe's looking for it. And I thought we were looking for him a little bit. And what I really like too, here's another yeah. game plan one. I know you want to get into it a little in a different angle, but on that play where Pepe steps into it. What happens is, and I thought there was something that was talked about because I thought we identified that pocket in front of the back four because Herrera and Alvarez are pretty aggressive. And if you can get them sucked in as defensive midfielders out to a certain side, there is a place where you can hit a big switch and 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 free Anthony Robinson got, got free a couple times on the left side, which led to Yunus Musa getting a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, there's these other opportunities. So there's a little bit of this, hey, if we can get these guys to, get to, to take the bait, that'll open up pockets of space. That'll be right in front of the back four. And it'll also be with a with a quick switch to the point of attack. But and we did it a couple times, maybe not as consistently as I'd like, but I still feel like it allowed us to dictate the game a little bit. Yeah. No, I agree. I think I think you know uniquely when when you think about that up back and through type of mentality, I still think we're at a point with this national team that even though we have players playing at a big that big clubs and a style of plays that are more attractive than necessarily what the national team plays at, I like when we are direct. I like when we win the ball in good spots up the field. And if you go back again to Nations League. Where we were in trouble, like you said, is we were trying to absorb pressure for long periods, right? And they just run us side to side, side to side, and creating chance after chance after chance. And we just kept getting pinned back further and further. Having said that, we ended up winning uh, the Nations League, as everybody knows. But when I think about this team, I think about the style in which we play of trying to not absorb pressure all the time. Go w- take a few more risks, be higher up the field. And again, go back. going back to the Nations League, we didn't start playing even okay until we started skipping, like you said, that aggressive mentality of the central midfielders of Mexico kind of trying to half press you or kind of bait you into playing short balls. You're able to skip them. And now all of a sudden you found yourself a space. You're facing the field. You're able to attack one-on-one. You find them exposed. You're even almost in uh, advantageous uh, situations numbers-wise. And so I, I, I like that. And again, I don't want to – I know I teed up before about Azteca being half capacity, uh, Mexico not being the same, it being a nighttime kickoff, it being in March. I don't want to take away the fact that you're still playing at attitude. You're still playing in front of a hostile crowd. You're still playing very far from home. And so overall, I think it was a, a really solid game plan in terms of, one, not exposing yourself too much. Two, not exposing yourself too much doesn't mean that you sit back and bunker in in two blocks, right? And I think right. that's, a, that's what I was trying to get to earlier is – you know, not exposing yourself. A game plan or discipline doesn't mean yeah, yeah. Uh, sitting in, on top of each other and just never, you know, it's not like a chess match in terms of never exposing anything. You know, you still have to take your chances. You still, fullbacks still have to go forward. You still have to have your midfielders uh, attack from time to time. And I thought they did that, uh, especially in the first half. Well, when you speak about discipline, I think about Anthony Robinson because we've talked about him before, maybe taking some unnecessary risks. We've seen him before when Sergio Dest is bombing forward. Well, Anthony Robinson is bombing forward, and maybe we don't have that balance if we if we get hit on the counter. But I thought that Anthony Robinson, I thought, was very disciplined tonight. Uh, Yedlin, I thought, was picking his spots as to when to go forward and when to come back. And you think Yedlin was the right choice, by the way, in terms of the I do, yeah. I do, yeah, because of the experience that he he had already this this last year. Sure, playing for Inter Miami is probably not going to make anybody too excited. They're not a very good team, but he's still getting minutes. He's still playing. And but in any circumstance, would you put would you put Chucky against against uh, Yedlin or or Cannon? Like, would you put uh, like do you like that matchup generally? Because it still looks like you know De- DeAndre Yedlin's best part was his pace, and he doesn't have that same pace I think before. Even defensively, he's never really had that defensive pace. He has that recovery he, pace and that makeup speed, but like right, you know, there was a couple times that that seemed a little bit vulnerable or dangerous. Like anybody is you're playing against you know sure. one of the better attackers in the world in, in Chucky Lozano. Um, and, and Tecatito when he had to at times. Well, you know what I really liked about Yedlin, and this gets back to the discipline piece of our conversation, was that he made this this header at the back post, and Walker Zimmerman ended up clearing it out. But there were times in Yedlin's career where he kind of spaces out when the ball goes wide on the other side, and he's mm-hmm. not locked in. And I love that he he had – it was a very brave header. He put himself in between two guys. He, he just – he didn't try to get this clear-cut header. He just tried to get something on it. And mm-hmm. Thankfully, it fell to, to Walker Zimmerman who cleared it out. But I remember thinking, yes, that's exactly what you need in those types of games when it's tough and maybe things aren't going exactly the way that we want. We just have to fight and scrap and just get around the ball. Yeah. And I love that I saw that from Yedlin hey, tonight. Can I, and, can I jump in real I'm, quick? Dan, Dan yeah, King attacked me real quick, and so I need to attack uh, back. Oh, do it, I need do to fight, fight back. I actually really like DeAndre Yedlin. He said that I don't like DeAndre Yedlin. <laughs> I, I, I like him. It's just that I know DeAndre Yedlin – 
is good for maybe a bad turnover a game or being turned off for a moment a game and against Mexico, that makes me nervous. Now, I like DeAndre Allen because he's always had that speed that's right. excused him of those things, that ability to make that big play, to come back, to put out a fire, those types of things. Mm-hmm. And I still like him more than Reggie Cannon. I like Reggie Cannon because he can scrap as well. But, yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's just – there's something about there's just something about DeAndre Yedlin's game, and maybe you feel the same, maybe you don't, Jimmy. Where I just don't always feel like I I, I trust him. And by the way, going back to my projected lineups, I had yeah, DeAndre yeah. Yedlin in the team. Um, you only missed actually, one. No, I only missed two: Aaron Long and and Jordan Pifong. Yeah, and yeah. and 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 Charlie was talking about um, in in the preview was talking about put it, he wanted. Um, uh, I'm blanking on his name now. I just Miles said it Robinson? three times. No, right back. Uh, Reggie Cannon. Oh, he Cannon. won Reggie Cannon there. And talked about the way that he had matched up uh, against uh, – how he could match up against Mexico, you know, his ability to be more more defensive, things like that. And I was almost – he was almost talking me into it a little bit because I think about Yedlin, and sometimes with Yedlin, I think about the moments where he shuts off mm-hmm. um, because Yedlin was always fast enough to be able to to solve problems, right? And at the international game, it doesn't always work. And he was he was the option for a long time. But I didn't think that he played necessarily poorly. I know Derek's saying right now he had a rough game, but it's a tough position to be in. Like when you're, I, believe me, I was, a, I was, a, I was a left fullback, and I had to match up sometimes against the best player on the field, right, as, as a winger. And Jimmy, you had to do it against strikers. And there's some days that you know that you're outmatched, or you're playing against a player that if they get their first touch right, or if they're having an on game like, like uh, you know, Chucky Lozano is. You have some of the best defenders in the world that play against Chucky Lozano weekly that get burned alive, you know, mm-hmm. skinned up by him on a regular basis, whether he goes inside, outside, that type of thing. Chucky Lozano is a high-quality player. So it was always going to be a difficult night for Yedlin in terms of him showing himself other than being what we would call a lockdown defender. So, right. I don't, I, you know, I think he did his job. The U.S. got out of that without him scoring. Yeah, he had a couple looks on frame, but none of them were, like, clear. He had to cut back on his right foot. He had another one on on the right side, but Stefan made a good save, yeah, one good it, save on him, but that was on yeah. the other side of the field. It wasn't on Yedlin's side. So now we have, let's, let's keep this going about Yedlin. He gets a yellow. So he misses Panama. I thought then, that was a stupid yellow. And that could have been a red, by the way, that was, there was, yeah, definitely, yeah, there was yeah. definitely like, been you, red, which you been, think about the hostility in that moment. Yeah. And you think about, you go back to VAR, you take a look at that. He had a leg up when the more they showed it, the more I was like, Oh, that's bad. And I was just like, man, like a little bit of that, it's not immaturity because he's mature. It's just one of those disappointment type of things. But anyways, keep going. No, but he's out now. And Reggie Cannon is not assured that he's going to play or be available. So they have just called in Shaq Moore. So Joe Scally's not getting called back in. U.S. Soccer has announced, Greg Berhalter has announced that Shaq Moore is going to be coming in mm-hmm. to right back. Imagine being Shaq Moore, not even being in. And then you might be starting when maybe our biggest game in, in many years uh, to try to help us qualify for World Cup. That's amazing, That's, though. That's- that's, that's amazing, amazing though, Jimmy. That's yeah. I mean, that's that's the story, right? Like, no, right. Shaq Moore doesn't look at it and go, "I'm not good enough to be in the national team, so I'm not going to be there." He's going to be like, "Yeah, about time you called me in." And either he's going <laughs> to channel that into being like sure. chip on the shoulder, or 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 he's not. But like, you know, you you, I think about I I just think about the 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 experience of these players that have gotten all this experience based on Greg Berhalter playing them and all the mm-hmm. rotations that we've seen that we've complained about for months, and then you go, "Oh, well, they're only as good as the experience that they have." Like him coming in stepping in a, in this big moment. I hope he can deliver. But yeah, it's certainly, I mean, does that make you nervous? No, it doesn't make me nervous. I think because of what you're saying, I thought when he played during the Gold Cup in particular, he scored, remember, like the first minute against Canada? Mm-hmm. He 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 gets forward in a way that I really appreciate. I think where I would be, not nervous, but just where I would maybe talk to him and say, you know, pick your spots. Because right now, especially against Panama, we don't want to take any unnecessary risks but if obviously if it presents itself and you can see a numerical advantage, trust your instincts, go forward and trust your instincts, but also be cautious. And this is also go say Anthony mm-hmm. Robinson that if, Hey, if Shaq Moore goes forward, we need you to stay at home. And, and uh, I was happy that Tyler Adams speaking of yellow cards, didn't pick up a yellow when he, he made a tackle or two. I was like, dude, what are you doing? But yeah. um, the instant yeah. helping somebody back up off the ground type of thing. Yeah, being yeah, like, exactly. no, you know. I'm like, don't do it. Yes. I go like ease up on the tackles, like Kellen Acosta or somebody else get in there, but without team away in as well, he does provide something that we don't necessarily have. He, he gets in advance of the striker a lot. And obviously the, the best example of that is the, the cross he played across to Christian Pulisic that didn't get finished, unfortunately. We got Gio Reyna who came in and obviously when he came in and took on like eight guys at once, I was like, yeah, Gio Reyna's back, baby. Let's go. I know. And then, and then nothing came out of it. But it was still refreshing to see him have that confidence and obviously the ability to weave and, 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 and do that type of stuff. I think he'll start. 
But with him starting, I think we lack a little bit of width. He's not a guy that's going to get to an end line and cross it. So now we're kind of back to that same conundrum. Well, I don't think PFOC's going to start, so do you go with Pepe? I mean, how did you feel about Ricardo Pepe? Do you think Jesus Ferreira? I mean, we're going to get into our preview, our proper preview tomorrow. Everybody, we're going to have a stream. Make sure you're hanging out with us, or, or if you want to get it on podcast form, that's fine as well. Mm-hmm. That'll be happening if you want to watch it live with us here on YouTube. That'll be happening 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. But uh, what were you thinking about Ricardo Pepe getting the start tonight? Because he wasn't your starter in your projected lineup. He, he wasn't. I just... And again, like, I just, it's one of those things where PFOC had his chance. I was like, bury that for me, please. You know, in the same way that I, I needed, I needed uh, Ricardo Pepe to score against Honduras when I was endorsing him the way that I was. And he's now gone <laughs> on this dry streak for months now that aren't good. But it's mostly because of not only is he not scoring, but he's also not getting games. And I just thought, you know, I, I almost got caught up in my own sort of pragmatism of qualifying for the World Cup and forgot to think about, like, how much I like Ricardo Pepe as a player just on the field, right? How much of the dirty work he does, how he makes the pressing game predictable, how he spins out and is down to chase somebody behind the back line that you, oh, he keeps, he just keeps defenses honest. And while he's not scoring right now, it's easy to, to poke. And, and I think we should be critical of the fact that he's not scoring goals. He's not getting a ton of chances, but he's not scoring goals. And so I think we should be critical of that. But I like him on the field. There's just something about his game that I think he finds a way to be impactful. And even if it's for 66 minutes or however many minutes he played, I just like. Were you surprised? Just, Were you surprised he started? I was surprised, actually. But, you know, having. I, I'm surprised because of the fact that, like, he's not playing at all. Like, and he's not scoring at all. But I guess I, I guess my assumption is you went, you went PFOC. I bet you, you went Jesus mm-hmm. Ferreira second and then Ricardo Pepe third and Pepe starts. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I would have thought Ferreira. I mean, because based on form, right? We were so caught right, up right. in this, like, you play the best players that you need to get the results. And I still think that. Going away to Azteca, knowing that you need somebody that makes the game predictable, I still don't think that Gio Reyna would have been a good start in that one, even if he was probably 70-minute fit, just mm-hmm. because, again, the pressing game, the things that you want to just, like you said, not just sit back and withstand pressure, but like actually try to take the game to Mexico a little bit. And so looking at it through that lens, obviously hindsight's always 20-20, as we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like, I just like when he's on the field. I think he makes the national team better, even if he's not scoring goals. And I know that's a little bit hypocritical or a little bit of a, of a, you know, uh, whatever the word is. I didn't, you know, I'm not good with words, Jimmy. Um, you, you know, try, uh, you know yeah. as long as you're trying, I think yeah. that's all I'm, that I'm, I'm trying with the words, but yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 I like, I like, I think he makes the team better no matter right. when he plays. I think right. I, I always look at it through this like constant, like microscope of like, is he going to score? Is he going to score? Is he going to score? And, and that's frustrating for me because he's a striker and he should score, but I do like him on the field. I don't know. What's your take on that? No, I, I I agree with you. I like the link of play, what he's looking for, how he approaches he's the ball. Smart. He's pretty smart. He, he for is. It, yeah, he is. He is. He's only going to get better in that department yeah. too, right? And once he starts to get his confidence in scoring, which he, it comes in in bulk, right? We see mm-hmm. it with with strikers around the world that once they start to start to feel good about themselves, and and I, I don't know, I wonder why I think of Vinicius Junior, right? But Vinicius Junior, who's blowing up this year for Real Madrid and Brazil, but once he kind of got out of his own way is when he started to relax and just mm-hmm. play, right? Is it, And it's such a – we say that so casually. Like, it's not that – like, you flip a switch and get out of your own way. But it does take time. It's a skill you have to master. And Ricardo Pepe will get there. But I think he's in that space where I think he's trying too hard, right? You start to you start to read a lot more about yourself. When he didn't have as much hype, then he scores the goals. Now there's expectations that weren't there that, – that didn't previously exist. And now I think he's trying to, to live up to what everybody wants and what he expects of himself. And it just gets all really – tangled that's the mental side of the game that we probably don't explore enough but uh, to speak about the mental side as Derek said PFUC was devastated after after the game he collapsed to the ground I feel bad for him as well this was his big opportunity to be the hero he didn't take it but I think what Greg has shown is if you continue to play well you're going to get another chance and I don't think Greg's going to back away from him now so yes as much as I'm devastated for him he's going to get another chance to redeem himself and hopefully he takes that chance especially in a big moment for us whether it's now or if it's in the world cup when we really really need it so so. Also, is, is, wanna, by the way, by the way, right. on that, do you do you think like PFOC had his chance? You know, uh, do you think he lost that chance now? Like, do no, you, do, is no. he still in your twenty three for a World Cup if it were to happen today? Like, if he could, if he's still scoring for his club team, and and you know, obviously, what's interesting about this World Cup is we have a we have a summer and 
four months of another season before we actually start this World Cup. It's not interesting, Jimmy. It's great because we got a lot of guys not playing right now. We need to play in that's, the World Cup. And, and, and it'll be interesting if, if any of our guys move to try to go to mm -hmm. a new club prior to the World Cup. There's a lot of interesting choices. That's not isolated right. to our national team, but all the national teams out there. Uh, but before we get anywhere else, I want to remind everybody that we got to get to 500 likes. So hit that like button right now if you're watching this because if we get to 500 likes, we are going to give away a $100 gift card to Paramount Plus. And on Paramount Plus, not only do you get amazing movies and the new Halo series and all this other type of stuff, but you get Champions League, NWSL, Serie A, World Cup qualifiers, the Scottish Premiership, the Brazilian League, the Argentine League. Uh, it is unbelievable what you get. And we're going to give that away to you. So make sure not only do you hit the like button, but leave your handle, your social media handle in the chat, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, so that we can pick you. That'll enter you without the, the at, by the way. Card. No, not the A. Don't put the A before your handle. Just give the the, the name of it. Okay, well, whatever you want to do. I don't. Well, the A they, they they remove it if it's the A. They won't put ah, it on. Ah, yeah, I see. Yeah. I see. So. I see. That's that's a pro tip there from Mr. Heath Pierce. We'll announce the winner of this tomorrow because we're gonna have a big preview not only of our game but we'll talk about everything else that's happening in CONCACAF looking ahead. Obviously, we're going to still recap tonight. That's going to happen tomorrow, 12 p.m. Pacific, high noon, as people like to say, and 3 p.m. Eastern. So we'll be going live again for you guys, and we'll announce the winner. Make sure you drop your handle, though, in the chat and hit that like button to make it happen. Also, I want to give a shout-out. I want to give a shout-out to Benji the Outlaw, okay, because he said hello from Sacramento. I'm not too far from Sactown. He I grew up not too far from Sactown. Keith grew up in Modesto which is not too far from Sacktown. So that just reminds me, Heath and I want to know, where is everybody watching this from? Let us know in the chat as well when, after you leave your handles and we can get after that. I guess we don't need the 500 likes anymore. We got there. So just leave your handles in the chat. And uh, yeah, so, so okay, back into the conversation though. With regard to PFOC, I don't think he's done. I don't think that that chance is going to, well, I don't know. I guess it could. I would think about Chris Wondolowski. He misses one chance in his life, and that's the only thing people will remember him for, even if he's the leading scorer in MLS for the rest of time. Like, ah, oh, but he missed the band's Belgium when Thibaut Courtois was making himself big and charging out. It's so easy. How did he just tap it in? Now, Pifok could get there if we don't qualify for the World Cup. It'd be like, oh, my God, for Jordan Pifok. Like, if we would have scored that, we would have qualified. But I think we're going to be good. I think he's going to get another opportunity. I'm not worried about him. Yeah, I mean... I, I, it's just, I, I hate when a guy gets his opportunity, um, and, and doesn't and, take it. It doesn't take it. Yeah. I mean, we, we hold Christian Pulisic to the same standard, but we don't, uh, but when somebody's <laughs> coming up into the team, you want them to. So, yeah, I mean, I, I hope he continues to get games. Uh, but it's one of those guys where you're like, is he better as a starter? Is he better off the bench? What's the spark? What's the thing that he brings? I want to see that, like that spark. And I'm, and I'm, I'm still curious what that is. Yeah, I'm curious as well. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the other crazy results that happened in CONCACAF. And no, I don't have any time for Italy right now. I can't believe they crashed out of the World Cup. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So let's talk about a result that ended up becoming incredibly huge and vital. And I wonder... Mm -hmm. If Greg Berhalter and Tata Martino heard about it at halftime because the game was final at halftime of the U.S.-Mexico game. But Panama with a 1-0 lead against Honduras, who Honduras, who had shown throughout qualifying so far that once they give up the first goal, they pretty much capitulate and hand you the rest of the goals or hand you the victory. But they came back and fought back and got a 1-1 draw. Yeah. Panama drew 1-1, which means they didn't gain any points. Panama went from being like, the team to watch out for to now dropping to fifth because Costa Rica beat Canada 1-0. So Costa Rica is now currently in fourth. 
on 19 points. Panama's on 18 points. And us in Mexico have 22. Canada just needs one point to qualify for the World Cup for the first time since 1986. They couldn't get it done. They got a red card. That didn't help them. They're on 25. So 25, 22s mm-hmm. for us in Mexico, 19 for Costa Rica, and 18 for Panama. It's all popping off. And Heath, this is what scares me a little bit, and you can get into any specific game of these that you want to talk to. If we beat Panama at home, mm-hmm. we'll look at the table right now. If we beat Panama at home, that puts us on 25. Yep. Okay. If Costa Rica wins, that puts them on 22. If Mexico wins, they'll be on 25 as well. It, it it's they we could still get caught. Like mm-hmm. if because we play Costa Rica the last game in Costa Rica. So we could technically get caught. We still have to get we have to beat Panama. It's okay. crazy. It's like, well, we needed to do that anyway, but but still having to go to that last match day with something they earned in Costa Rica makes me a little bit nervous. Yeah, this you know? is where yeah, this is where we need El Salvador to come through on this one for us, uh, because yeah, we need we need a, little, need a little help from them in this next game. But the U.S. I mean, so does uh, producer does can we throw that back up there again? The in Let's terms of the, the, table uh, the table, it's just we need more it's, table time. It's, yeah, it's a little stressful, but we'll look at it. Um, so you're saying right now, Costa Rica wins, they'd be on 22, right? Uh, and then if we won, we'd be on 25. I mean. Yeah, this is a little hairy, isn't it? It does. It gets it gets a little hairy. It does, a hundred percent. So twenty. Yeah, look at look at, yeah. look at math major Heath right now. This is it, it, yeah. So so Canada plays Jamaica at home, and I feel like they sandbag this one against Costa Rica so they could just qualify for the World Cup in front of their home fans. But that conversation for another time. <laughs> Costa Rica goes to El Salvador. I don't think Mark is- Anthony K thinks that right now. Costa Rica goes to El Salvador. Now, now shout out to El Salvador and Hugo Perez. They drew with Jamaica 1-1. But they're not easy to play against at home. So we'll see how that one goes. I don't think it's going to be... The Ticos have only scored... What, it's now, I think, nine goals in 13 games. So they're not yeah. like scoring at an incredible clip. And El Salvador could do us a solid, just like Honduras did us a solid. Shout out. Honduras is like my second favorite national team at the moment. Yeah. And then, and then uh, Mexico go- goes to play in San Pedro Sula against Honduras and... On paper, they should win that game, but we don't know which version of Honduras is going to show up. Yeah. It's still kind of all to play for, and uh, Panama's got to play us in Orlando on Sunday. So, yeah, pa- this look, is by the crazy, way, dude. It's crazy. We've been talking about this Panama game from the start, right? Mexico, yes. you're like, okay, less to control. Don't know what's going to happen. A lot up in the air. But I, when I talked to Anibal Godoy, uh, for those that don't know, kind of a, a, a legendary midfielder for the Panamanian national team, plays in Nashville SC. He was talking about this Honduras game and how important it was for them to beat Honduras, right, for Panama's chances. They did not do that. We all agreed, like you and I have talked about this a lot. It's weird to say, but Panama, I mean, Honduras have been very poor and predictably poor, right? And the way that you go, well, they can't be that bad. They're going to find their way somewhere. And then now here we are, like this many games into a World Cup qualifying up until, you know, the solid result against Panama and kind of playing spoilers with Panama. They have caved in almost every single game mm-hmm. in the way that you you expect to eventually you go, well, at least play good defense. You know, you can't score goals, play good defense. Like, you know, mm-hmm. all the things, like the little details that you can just be like, well, if we can do this right, we can be in a game. And they just haven't done that. And to see them figure that out now or stay in a game with Panama, Panama has really, really made this difficult for themselves now. And now they've brought Costa Rica back into this. Not to say that we wanted Panama to win because then it's even more complicated. Uh, so it actually plays out in a way uh, that we won at least in some way, shape, or form, that Panama's coming into this not with a great result. They've now got to travel to the U.S. U.S., we are far better than Panama is. Now, if we do all the things that we should do, we should be able to beat Panama. We're a better team. Not to say it's going to be easy. It's going to be a scrap. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to earn it. That's no disrespect to Panama whatsoever. But uh, they are vulnerable in a way that I think we can can at least get that result. But again, like you said, it's still – there's still certain other results that are going to come down to uh, potentially going to Costa Rica to, to need something or something not bad to happen. I'm not sure what the tie break uh, is in terms of, of, of you know. We'll to, get there. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. get there on our preview. We'll, we'll save all the tie break stuff for our preview tomorrow, 12 p.m. Oh, by the way, Jimmy. Pacific, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, before you finish that thought, I know that you – I'm sorry about that. The, the, the Godoy uh, art, um, interview is out, and you can, you can go and watch that. Um, and you should. Yeah, because uh, you sat down and talked with him. Now, when I look at the stats, actually, of Panama, Honduras, Honduras got more shots and more shots on target than Panama, which I find to be incredibly impressive from Honduras because I didn't know if they were going to go with their tail between their legs at the, you know, and even try to punch mm-hmm. at all in these games. But it looks like they're going for it. And and I have a lot of respect for that. So 
Fair By the way, we were laughing at Costa Rica. We were la- like, not a, maybe borderline disrespectful when we were making fun of how old they were. And now they find themselves. <laughs> They're like, still in the hunt. They're right behind us, man. The three points behind us. I was talking to Shaw Brown today uh, on the phone, who is obviously one of the one of the coordinated producers for CBS Sports HQ. And we were talking about the history of the U.S. having to go to Costa Rica. It is not a beautiful history of playing in Costa Rica. You do not want to leave. We've any never match won there. We'll qualify. Yeah, to, to, to that. Like it is notoriously hard to play whether it's at national stadium that's a presa whatever it is they've just they come and to life they rise to that occasion we're gonna run into some issue where Aquilar navas is gonna stand on his head and make like five world-class saves and we won't yeah. score and all these kind of things i think what we've learned at world cup qualifying and i think we have to relearn it every time because it takes you know it's every four years that we're going through this but nothing's ever straightforward in qualifying and you can just ask italy how that's working out for them in terms of how things don't go the way that you want even though you might have a better team on paper. And we saw that again tonight with Panama and Honduras. And then Canada had a great chance. All they needed was one point to qualify for the World Cup. They couldn't get it done against the Ticos. I still, though, when I think about the Ticos, only nine goals that they've scored in, in now 12 games. That's not great, Keith mm-hmm. Pierce. And and they're going to need a little bit more than that, I think, if they're really going to solidify their, their, their position in the fourth spot. And, and whoever gets fourth, by the way, is going to play the winner of Oceana, which is New Zealand. That's what, what it's looking like. And that that one-game playoff, it used to be a two-legged affair. Now it's a one-game playoff. It's going to be played in, in Qatar to decide over 90 minutes who's going to go to I mean, we just Cup. saw we just saw this Italy thing happen today with North, North Macedonia. Like, there is not – you, you don't, don't want to take anything to 90 minutes, you know, um, because there's just, there's just so much – at stake, you're talking about a neutral venue that is, uh, you know, maybe for the for the European based players, not that far to get to Qatar, maybe six, seven hours from from where most of them are. But for any MLS based players, that's a 12 to 14 hour flight, yeah. uh, 14 to 15 hour flight if you're on the West Coast. And so it is uh, it's, it's not you, you just don't want to leave things up to, to those types of things, because uh, I hate to say this, but this is how this is what they make movies on. Right. A small little <laughs> New Zealand team, this island nation comes in and beats this juggernaut of whoever it is. Right. Yeah, or maybe yeah. not juggernaut, but whatever it is. Yeah, like, that's what the story is. It happens. It's possible. And 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 you see somebody who was the height of what Italy have been the last four years to 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 to, to go out in a 91st minute goal. You realize just how human it all is and how much room for error there is. So you don't want to leave it to that. But certainly could be worse you could get a playoff against a south american team or or someone uh in in, in asia or wherever it might be is not easy no no and i think it kind of speaks to a theme that we're seeing emerge tonight at least through Concacaf, that uh people just didn't take their chances teams didn't take their chances tonight the u.s didn't take their chances mexico remember when tecatito had that opportunity really early on he took a big touch and that oh, went out man, of bounds what a bad touch there like, was a penalty you kick just don't expect that i thought maybe that they could have looked at between raul jimenez and walker zimmerman you know there's all these little little things and and so teams didn't take their chances tonight panama couldn't couldn't extend their i mean managing we thought panama was going to win it would be really dicey right now if panama had 21 points and, and we had 22 and mexico had 22 but thankfully honduras honestly Honduras is like, what the is it? does it, does it really change though to you, Jimmy? Like it does. The Panama it thing. Does. Cause like, it's still a must win against Panama, no matter what it, it is. What I, this is why I think it, it, Panama now has to go into that game having to win. Mm-hmm. And, and not that they didn't have to before, but Panama could have been like, Hey, we beat Honduras. We can draw with the U S and then we have, I don't even know who they, I can't remember who they have in the last game, but, but they have El Salvador. They, they play El Salvador last, or maybe that's uh, – hold on, let me see. Panama plays – Panama plays against Canada. Canada, that's home. right. At ha- But Canada, we'd assume, had already qualified. So what version of Canada was going to show up for that one? That was the big question. And, and so teams just didn't take their chances. But I think it does change because Panama now has to go for a win when they didn't have to before. And I think that's going to force them. And I think it plays into our hands. We can mm-hmm. We can hit them on the counter. Because they're going to have to extend themselves at some point. Now, maybe they take advantage of that extension. Oh, and, definitely and plays in our hands. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but right. but I, I meant more for for from the U.S. sake, like the, it, it, and I guess that is the same answer. I appreciate you 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 clarifying that they got they've got the risk now. Panama has to take yes. the risk now in a right. way that they could have been a little bit more. Their game plan could have been yes. more patient and wait for the one two chances, hope that they convert. But maybe a point does it or. A point and then get it changes. Get, uh, it yeah. changes. Yeah, it the changes the mentality. Changes, yeah. Also, let's just think about it. If it was twenty-two points and 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 Panama had won today, 
we have a couple days now to think about, oh shit, they're going to catch us. You know, they're right on our heels. Like we're thinking about that. Now I think we can relax a little bit and, and the pressure's still there. We still have to win this game, but it just feels a little bit different. I think the advantage kind of got came into our corner a little bit more. Now we have to go out there and as somebody has said, I'm sure a couple, couple people have already said so far in the comments, we still have to finish those chances. We're going to yeah. create them against Panama, but we have to finish them. And if we don't score that first goal, Heath Pierce, it, it's it could be it could be a little dicey. We had two. We had two very dicey. very clear chances tonight against Mexico. Now, normally for Mexico, you get maybe something knocked down on the back post. You get a free kick, and the ball's bouncing around, and you go to like finish it off. I, I remember one of my doses arrows was 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 exactly that ball bounces down and then we had a red card with uh with uh, Rafa Marquez and all kinds of you know a fumble type of goal but they weren't clear cut chances that we 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 scored and I don't remember a lot of clear cut chances when you score against Mexico we had clear cut chances yeah. tonight I mean look at the xg uh is is 1.3 like that's that's pretty high and if you look at the 0.4 just to put it in the context like Mexico actually had Decent looks from tough angles, you know, Chucky again driving inside, Tecatito's touch too long, like in and around the goal frame. But the U.S. had two chances where, you know, one, you force the goalkeeper to make a save, kind of a bad hit from Pulisic, a very mm -hmm. bad hit from Pulisic, where he's usually kind of automatic from there. And then the PFOC one, that's another really solid look on frame. If you don't finish those against Panama, and maybe we get one or two more of those, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it, can, it can get dicey. It can get dicey. I mean, I think... From a Greg Berhalter perspective, or any coach, your big concern is if we're not creating those chances. Mm -hmm. That's where you're like, I don't know, how are we going to solve this? But the fact that we put ourselves in a good spot and we executed at a level and we and we, and we we created these incredibly clear-cut chances, I think bodes well for where we are. And we're probably, hopefully, I guess I'm saying this, uh, silver linings, but on the precipice of scoring a bunch of goals against Panama, we're going to take it out on them. But we'll have to wait and see, obviously. And uh, I just want to say, everybody, we're trying to give away a Paramount Plus gift card. $100. That will take care of a full year. Anything else, extra stuff you guys want on that, I mean, it's just going to take care of you guys. But we need your handles. If you want to have a chance to win this $100 gift card from Paramount Plus, then we got to have your handles, your social media handles, in the comment section right now so you can be entered to win. Anybody, just put a handle in. You have a good chance to win because nobody else is doing it. So make it happen right now. We're trying to give away free money, and we want to give it to you. So make that happen. Because we love the people that support us. And uh, we want you to love us, too, by giving away free stuff. <laughs> That's yeah. why we buy your love. We're buying <laughs> your love, everybody. There's no free doing. lunch. You know, we'll do whatever yeah. it takes. You know, we'll do no, whatever We just want to grow this. But... We want to make sure that we show, uh, show you guys the love and adoration that you're showing us as we continue to give you the good stuff here on In Soccer We Trust. Make sure you follow us on Twitter as well, ISWTPod. And follow me and Heath Pierce on the Twitters or any other platforms as well. Now, Heath and everybody listening, if you want to let us know, hit us up on Twitter later. If you're listening to this in podcast form, if you're watching right now, what would you give the team's performance out of 10, Heath Pierce? What, what's your rating? Because you and I talk a lot. Like, if you have enough players playing at a 7 or 8 out of 10, you're probably going to get a result out of that game. What would you give this team? I'd probably say, uh, I'd probably say a 7. Okay. Uh, I, a 7. It, there, there were. It, it's. I, I would say it balances out at a seven in terms of like I thought we did some things in the nines and tens in terms of our approach, in terms of not giving up a lot of chances, in terms of w willingness to compete and not be fearful in the match. Mm -hmm, I thought mm -hmm. some of those were closer to nine ten. I thought the execution obviously is a little bit on the lower end. Um, so I, I'd say it averages out in total. If I were to put those into like categories, uh, I'd, I'd I'd say it was just e enough to get uh, a drop. Certainly enough to to get. Uh, potentially three points, but when you look at the flow of play, the rhythm of the game, it reminded me a lot of one of those games, Jimmy, and and maybe you remember a couple specifically where you you leave the game not feeling like you played particularly well or playing at your best, and you don't feel like all that stimulated mm -hmm. in terms of the style of play in which we played and wasn't beautiful, but you you knew that there was probably three points there or in usual way qualifiers, you're like, man, we did not play great, but we left with all three points. It could have been that or kind of a smash and grab job where discipline, fight, you know, allow Mexico to be a little bit more exposed. You get a few of your moments there. Uh, so maybe I'm maybe I'm kind of under 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 um, kind of rating them, and, and and an eight would probably be a, a lot better. It's a very tough place to play, regardless of how the U.S. made it look today. What's your yeah what's your, yeah your no? It's 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 I'm probably leaning more towards seven and a half or eight. Like Will said, that was probably our best away performance so far in qualifying against El Salvador. Remember the first game. 
not so great. Against Honduras, I would say that the first half against Honduras was an absolute dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. The second Horrible. half was fantastic, right? That was probably our best yeah. half. Maybe of all of qualifying was that second yeah. half. In I Honduras. still have your, I still have that video you sent me, Jimmy, where you were chanting Burhalter out during that first half. That Honduras, <laughs> dude. Game. We were like, that was crazy. <laughs> we were so frustrated. But but in the second half, obviously we turned it around. But in terms of a complete performance, this is probably from minute one to the end, our best away performance. So I probably lean towards an eight, and and for the reasons that you mentioned as well, in the intangibles, one of the things that I went on HQ and talked about before the game was. I don't want us to be timid. I put it on my Twitter as well. I just don't want us to play timidly. Go out there and like shoulders back, head up. Don't get rattled by anything. Play with confidence. Like that's mm-hmm. will make me proud uh, of, of just don't play with any fear. Just go out there and be yourselves. And if that's what I was coaching, that's what like, some of the last words I would say to the guys before they walked out and yeah. in, 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 out of the locker room. Just don't play with any fear. Go out there and be yourselves. And I thought we did that. I thought we were proactive. I thought I really love the line that we held. I'm actually going to text Walker Zimmerman tomorrow once everything dies down and gets back. Like, Tell him I said hi. Tell him I, I will. Said hi. I said that line that you held with Miles was great. You know, you didn't drop needlessly. You didn't have to drop to drop. And I thought the spacing between the lines was great. So these little things that I really appreciate kind of tipped it over. And we created two unbelievable chances, maybe better chances that I've seen us created as Azteca in some time. I mean, the last time we scored there, in a World Cup qualifier was Michael Bradley having to chip Memo Ochoa from like 30 yards because he just did an excellent job of reading the pass and having the wherewithal to do that. But outside of creating clear-cut chances, we don't get that very often. Yeah. And so the fact that we created one per half, you got to take it. So, yes, well, I mean, Jimmy, it's kind of like... People are pretty critical of our number right now, by the way. You know, I, talking about I, the golden generation, the quality that we have. Um, it just felt like a, a quintessential Azteca, national team it's Azteca. game away. But th- there are... Won. They were saying that you can't miss two big chances like that. I get that. Uh, so listen, I w- if we would have won, I would have given it a 10. But since we missed two chances, I'm taking one off for each chance. That's, that's yeah, there you go. It's just a simple, it a simple math. I said you know? seven and like, a half or eight. Seven your half algorithm eight. is very uh, one-dimensional, Jimmy, but at least it's easy <laughs> to understand. You know? uh, but no, I, I mean, I, I think the criticism is, is fair. And I don't want us to default back into like, work hard, fight hard away from home, and that's good enough for the national team. Like, I do think... Well, you have to have some of that. More. But like, you have to have... Like, yeah, you that's have to the have foundation. That. If, you, if you put this in the context, and you go back to 2018, we didn't have that anymore in 2018. That was missing. That was a big part culturally missing from the national team of what it takes to get results away from home and at home. And just there's a different fight mentality. This team seems to have that fight, a little bit of that chip on their shoulder of like, hey, we're going to carry the weight of all this in tough times. Now that's not always going to come, and it's it was a game of you know it was a, it was a it was a game of moments. Those two moments go the other way. That's got like Pulisic missing that chance got nothing to do with Tyler Adams, got nothing to do with Zach Steffen, it's got nothing to do with the other team. But the team continued to keep them in the game. That could be a, a swing moment when sure, you miss that, sure. where people go, "Dude, I'm out of breath. I'm doing all this work for this guy. He gets his chance. He doesn't finish it. I'm going to yeah, have my right. head down. I'm going to start doing right. my own thing." And they didn't have that. Like there right. was a there was a solid performance that that came out in that 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 we can be critical of because whatever. But again. Look at this. Look at the context of this. People still want Greg Berhalter out, and and I don't. Um, <laughs> that's three Mexico, three Mexico wins and a draw at Azteca. Like you yeah. want a sample size. That's about as big of a sample size as you're going to get from a coach being able to match up. You might like the way he plays or the players that he plays or how much he rotates, but somehow they were they were well programmed and 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 well. Um, you can't fire a guy right now. You can't yeah. fire a guy. Right. And and as Dan says, we we would have taken four points. If we could have said before qualifying, we're going to take four points away for four points for Mexico, one thousand percent take it. So, so we are right where we should be, or where we want to be with Mexico. It's just dropping points to the other ones. That did you have a standout player, Jimmy? Did you have a? Do you have well, a I don't know. Man of the match. match. Let's go, man of the match, yeah. everybody. What are we saying in this? It's a, it's a tough one. Um, is, is there one player that? I thought I I really liked Timo Weah's sixty minute shift. I thought he did some good things and and. There's little things that I appreciate about his game. I was kind of wowing over Yunus Musa because he hit this. Honestly, this is this is so geeky of me to say, but he hit this like 50 yard switch across the field with his weak foot. Yeah, like five minutes into the game, I was like, God damn, this guy can do it all. He's only 19. Let's go, Yunus Musa. I, I just inject all of his energy into my veins. That guy's so talented. Now he all then got on his weak foot for a shot and didn't do anything with it and kind of pushed it. But, but. I like Yunus Musa. That's a tough one. I don't know if there's any out-and-out clear-cut choices for this. I mean, when Gio Reyna came on, it was clear that he's a top player and we want him back on the field and playing yeah. as much as possible. And I thought his energy kind of changed our 
dynamic going forward because we took way off and we took hey, off. For both teams, though, would you give it to Chuki as the best player on the field Chuki was very dangerous. Yeah. I don't – he created – I mean, I don't know how many shots that Chuki had. But he didn't I'm score. Sure. Like, how is he it that we're going to be like, know. hey, we're going we're gonna to be critical of the U.S. for not scoring their chances, but Chuki didn't score. I mean, Gio – let's just say it like this. If you said Gio, mm -hmm. even though he came on as a super sub, he did create the Jordan – I mean, he was – he made a great run to the back post to, to yeah. get on the end of a cross – that that uh, he headed back to Jordan P. Falk on a goddamn platter. Mm -hmm. And you got to be P. Fucking kidding me that he missed that. You like that? <laughs> that was good. Man, uh, you held that you almost for an I hour, dude. Wow. I did. Jeez I did. Louise, you're like, work that this in, work this in. That is P. Fucking ridiculous. You know yeah. what I mean? Unbelievable. Yeah. That's well done. I mean, uh, there's a shout there from <laughs> Justin for Jedi Men of the Match. You know, there's there's a couple Jedi was solid. in there. As well, I like the Eunice Musa shout. I like Tyler Adams, solid. I like. It's tough. You know, I mean, everybody just, was solid. You had a good, yeah. like, but this is, again, why we're going with that seven or eight, because there wasn't anybody. You could say maybe Yedlin, but you're like, dude, if I was a, if I was a right fullback and I had to match up against Chucky Lozano for 90 minutes or however many minutes, and I got out of that where he had a few half chances where he drove inside, that to me is a pretty good I – had, I had Gio Dos Santos on my side, right? <laughs> and Gio only wanted to drive inside. So you get him and he takes you on the left, yeah, right, and as soon right. as you block, it, block him to go to the line, he can drive back to his right. And I remember being like, this is – my mission today is not about like how can I I'll, I'll support in the attack. I'll pick and choose my moments to go forward and I'll try to have an impact there. But my impact is making his life as difficult as possible, right? And drive mm -hmm. him into traffic, make disrupt things. And when I did that, even though in, in the Dosa Cero in 2009, he had a chance right at the beginning of the game. Tim Howard made a huge save. We go on to win the game. It was a right. game of moments, right? They could have turned it at that point as well. Uh, those moments happened, but I still left that game. And, and kind of excited at my performance, thinking like, wow, I did a pretty good job. This is a guy that mm -hmm. at the time was playing, I believe, still at Barcelona um, and a fantastic player that I was just like, yeah, this guy, this guy has the ability on his best day to kill anybody he runs at in the world. And I still matched up with him. So the Yedlin thing, I think, is, is tough to always assume that our fullbacks should dominate anybody that they play against. Like Chucky Lozano is a really special player. He is, and I thought actually this is one of his better performances. I just thought he was dangerous. I thought he was engaged. Sometimes you see Chucky Lozano, and you might see him early on, and then you don't see him for 20 minutes. You're like, is Chucky Lozano playing? But I thought tonight, every time they went forward, he was in and around the ball, whether he was actually the one touching it or he was making a run in behind or whatever. I thought he was really dangerous tonight, and that's the version of Chucky Lozano they need if they're going to have any mm -hmm. success qualifying and, of course, once they get into the World Cup themselves and i think it's funny about the burhalter out thing like we're not gonna fire the guy right now tata martino for all mexican national team fans they're not gonna fire tata martino at this point you know even if he lost to us for four consecutive times in a calendar year or over yeah. 12 months it's still you're not gonna it doesn't make any sense to to have that type of chaos and upheaval within a team as you've already developed all this culture and have set so much foundation stuff as you mentioned before mm -hmm. so so i i find that you know it gets be kind of a, like a meme, like Wenger out type stuff. Um, one last question for you, Heath, before I let you go. Do you think Memo Ochoa maybe was the man of the match? Because of he had some saves. Whether whether Christian Pulisic put it right at him or not, he still anticipated where it was going to go. And then he made a good hand-tip save on Pulisic, you know, yeah. early in the second half as well. I mean... I, I try to figure out. I don't know if there was really one person. There's a solid shout for that. I think I, I, I'm not. I'm not against. Like I wouldn't argue against if somebody was like passionate about that. I would say that you def definitely had an argument. I mean, that's the thing about a zero-zero draw. It, it is it required saves? Right. You had people that kind of fall out, um, but uh, fall out of uh, the opportunities that they have. The, you know, you have some people that were just solid performances. You know, that mm -hmm. we're not going to mention them in this recap because they weren't good, they weren't bad, but they did their job and they played for the U.S. specifically away from home at, at Azteca mm -hmm. um, and 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 didn't get skinned and burned. I've seen a lot of U.S.-Mexico games where you are on just pins and needles the entire game because Mexico is bombing at you from all angles, all corners, and you're just hoping to survive and get them out of rhythm. You know, we go back to Nations League and, and even in, in, in extra time, it was still like that. Uh, and so, yeah, I thought I thought we've done a good job, a good job tonight. Um, and, and Ochoa should get a shout for sure. OK, that's all I wanted to ask. All right, everybody, I got the megaphone out, which means we've come to the end of In Soccer We Trust, this podcast. Now, I want to make sure that everybody knows because you're watching this on YouTube doesn't mean it's not a podcast. If you miss it live when we go live. You can find it on any of your audio platforms that you want. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, 
wherever you like to listen mm -hmm. to your podcast. Please leave us a glowing review if you have some time while you're listening. Hit subscribe, of course. And if you're watching on YouTube, well, hit that subscribe button. Keep those likes coming. And we'll see you guys tomorrow, 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. We are going to break down Sunday's crunch game versus <laughs> Panama. And I, I didn't want to have to say this, Jimmy, but it's the biggest it's the biggest game in U.S. soccer history, just so you guys know. So you might want to tune in. God, God now the no, I don't want to put, I don't want to put, I don't want to put pressure I'm on anybody. Pressure but now. It's the biggest oh game ever, God. so you want oh to go my. to the biggest preview ever. And we might not have, like, three of our top starting right backs. we got to call in Shaq Moore starting this one. And that just levels up the pressure. But I'm here for it. That's what it's about. When you're a kid growing up, you want to play in the biggest games, and we got some biggest games coming up, and that's what you have to do to qualify for a World Cup. So thank you for listening to In Soccer We Trust and watching, of course, on behalf of producer Des, producer Alex, and Hollywood Keith Pierce. I'm Jimmy Conrad saying we salute you, and we'll see you next time. Later.